Welcome to episode 126 of the Daniel Yoris podcast with today's guest, Nick Averona. Let's go. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Joined here today by Nick Averona. Nick, thanks for joining me, buddy. Appreciate your time. My man, Dan. Happy to be here, brother. Happy to be here. How many cups of coffee have you had today already? Oh, uh, three. Three. Uh, that, you know what? Actually, not bad for for like a coach's coach, a guy like you, running a gym, running tons of sessions. Three coffees before eleven is actually pretty reasonable. I'll be honest, man. I'm I'm pretty re- like my coffee regimen because I have that tendency to be like, nah, I gotta have two bangs. Um, I like I try to be pretty strict to like that three hundred to four hundred milligram range. So I'm like, all right, three, four cups. Like, try to be there. When when will you have your last one? Uh, I tried it at one o'clock, like oh, that's, one not, to that's three. actually not bad at all. No, cause I'm up at four. You know what I mean? I try to actually be I'm not as young and spry as I used to be Dan. So I got to make sure I get my, my Z's. So I try to cut it by like one o'clock. The latest I'll usually do will be like three o'clock before I jump into that like evening block. But yeah. Yeah, which is actual good, like, you know, healthy behavior. But I know from personal experience, like when I was running sessions all day, you know, starting at five, six o'clock in the morning, it was like probably four or five, six coffees a day, easy. Easy. And just without even thinking, you might even have one at like four or five o'clock just because like, well, I'm going to be here till nine. I'm kind of like, I'm kind of fading and it's like, well, fucking I'll just deal with it. And then the way to deal with it is like, well, I'm just going to be tired because I'm going to get to bed (laughs) a little later and then I'll just have more coffee the next day and just keep it rolling. Yeah, yeah man. man. Between that and now we just made it worse is like we put a vending machine in in the gym. Like we have a little nutrition shop, but we put a vending machine in that has like energy drinks and stuff in it. And okay. now I'm like, that's gonna be the staff. I was like, the staff are gonna be <laughs> using that more than anybody. Like just yeah. caffeine fiends in there constantly. <laughs> Between that yeah. and the uh, the alpha GPC. That's like, right. That's right. Yeah, you start you start mixing all the supplements, all the things. What's the perfect stack? The timing of things. What food do I have with it? And like, mm-hmm. it's a fun little science experiment. But I think that's also like a bit of a justification. It's like, well, what if I try this? And then you just keep trying <laughs> different iterations of stuff. <laughs> this is research. Okay, yeah. I'm trying to figure out what is the best intake for my caffeine levels. <laughs> exactly. Oh, shit. Uh, good stuff, man. Let, let people know you know who you are and and what it is that you do, and just so that they can uh, give some context for the rest of this conversation. Cool. Absolutely. So, uh, I work uh, just outside of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Uh, I'm the head trainer at uh, gauge strength training. We do a lot of mostly semi-private training, um, small group training, but we do a little bit of everything. So we have large group style classes. We run athlete sessions. We run one-on-ones. Uh, we do athlete camps and all that stuff. Um, most of our training style is, you know, we're free weights. We do full body functional fitness. Um, a lot of what we like kind of run clients through from, from a coaching standpoint is, is Mike Boyle stuff, you know, a lot of like CFSC. Um, I personally have dove a bunch into kind of the on it training. So a lot of kettlebell work. I, I'm a huge fan of the steel mace. I did a bunch of like the steel mace certifications. So I had went down that rabbit hole for a while. Um, and as far as, you know, my background, uh, I played ice hockey from the time I was like 10 years old up and in through college and a little bit after college. Um, and just, you know, I love this stuff, man. So some some bad injuries and getting beat up through that hockey career kind of pushed me into into the field of saying, like, I want to help people not feel the way I feel right now. Um, and I kind of switched gears. I had a really interesting run up to, to getting into the training. I did a whole bunch of things on the way after college. But uh, now we run the gym. We got uh, 500 clients. We're running a lot of sessions each day, kind of like you said, and we just we just kind of touched on. But 
Um, it's fun, man. It's a blast. We have a, we got a team of about like six or seven over there. Our clients are mostly people like us. They're like 35, 40 to 55. And they're just regular ass people who either don't go to the gym very often or they're trying to figure out how to, how to get themselves in shape. So like, we're not, you know, I, I always look at on it. Like, you know, when you work out there, man, you see a lot of people down there in certain sessions, like these are some fit ass people. Like these people are yeah. like kicking ass, you know? Uh, and then when you go to regular gym, you're like, oh, these are regular people. Okay. Yeah, like there's, um, we get a little bit of both, but. I think part of that is like, you see the the celebrity of, of on it on online, but when you go there and do the, and like, just do like the regular classes, like the people are in good shape. Don't get me wrong, but they're also like regular people, maybe slightly above yeah. average because like the, the level of the workouts are slightly above average. Like I wouldn't put a beginner in one of those, in one of those classes. And I don't. I mean, I don't, I don't want to speak for them, but I don't think that I don't, when I was there, there was no like real beginners in the, in the classes, yeah. so to speak. But, uh, one other thing that I, that I can't not mention is that it's just, it's very American of you to mention that you played ice hockey rather than just regular <laughs> hockey, just differentiating that it's played on ice. Like obviously hockey is played on ice. <laughs> well, Hey man, you play with enough euros, you play with enough euros right. and they, and they like men play field hockey. So right. like I clarified, <laughs> I lived with a kid in boarding school and he, like I said, hockey and he was like field or ice. And I was like, I Oh shit. Uh, ice hockey. Yeah. I was like, guy, and I didn't even know I'm 18. I'm like, wait, guys play field hockey. And he was like, Oh yeah, I was on the German field hockey team. I was like, there you go. I didn't, I didn't even know that. I didn't even know that either. It's just like not the thing that we're like, if someone differentiates, yeah, you're in Canada, bro. Like, everybody, hockey? You say exactly. hockey. everybody in Canada's like, you don't have to say ice hockey, dude. But, yeah. It's like, you also like, didn't have to tell me you played hockey. Like I assumed you played hockey. You're in Canada. <laughs> it's like, that was the assumption. Tell yeah. me if you didn't play hockey. You know? For how long did you play hockey is yeah. the real question. <laughs> yeah. That's funny, man. Um, One thing that I wanted to kind of ju- jump into here was with the, the different, the different types of people that you guys train, right. You know, mm-hmm. you, and, and different styles of training, small group, large group, a little bit of one-on-one here and there, athletes, moms, kids out of college, you know, all in between. Mm-hmm. Do you really train them all that differently or is it more small adaptations to, you know, minor injuries or preference or things like that? Like you don't train your athletes that much different than your seniors or, you know, mothers and fathers and stuff like that, right? Not at all. Um, and that's the irony of it. I actually just had this conversation with a gentleman this morning and he looked at me, he goes, Hey, can I ask you something? This might seem like a weird request can I repeat this program again? I loved it. And I laughed and I was like, yeah, absolutely. I said, you know, got to be honest with you. I said, you could probably do this same workout for the rest of eternity and just tweak little <laughs> things here and there. And I was like, and you would do great. Like you'd, you'd feel awesome. Um, and, and that's exactly it, right? Like we, we all feel as though I need, you know, I need this specific thing. Right. I, 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 well, there's no way that that guy who's 45 has the same needs as me. Like I'm a, I'm a 32 year old, you know, whatever. Push, pull, hinge, squat, lunge, carry. Um, and, and kind of variations of that. Right. Like I see you smiling too. Cause it's yeah. like, I know you, you knew that that's kind of where we're leading into, but I think for most people, because there's so many different workout styles and everybody's screaming from the mountaintops, like hits the way to go. You've got to do Tabata. You've got to lift super heavy. If you're not lifting to max, like you're not doing shit. You're like, maybe, maybe not. (laughs) Like maybe, like if the person has never lifted in the gym before, them coming in and picking up tens and doing six to eight reps of that is awesome, right? Like, great. You know, if you've been lifting for 10 years and you've never felt a max rep set, like, okay, like let's go heavier. But we're all doing the same shit. Like whether you're a former division one athlete, like I have former D one athletes that are like in their twenties or thirties 
and they're doing a very similar structure to the person next to them. It's just like, well, they're goblet squatting and you're using the safety bar. Exactly. I always say like, a, you know, a beginner workout, there, there's sort of three like phases, right? Like a beginner workout will be very, look very simplistic on paper, right? You might do a goblet squat, a single arm dumbbell row, a dumbbell RDL, like a flat dumbbell chest press, and then that's some sort of core or something. Yeah, right? yeah that's, that's, that's pretty long. much that's like, exactly more or less what it is, that's right? That's it, yeah. And, and then when you get to like somewhat of an intermediate level, you start to get curious and you start to do like, oh, I saw this like handstand one arm something or other thing on Instagram. Like, let me try that. Like that supposedly works. The shoulder is really great. Like, all right, great. And then, and then you do that for a while and you're like, okay, I'm kind of sick of this. And then you get into the, you know, more of the advanced like end stage thing and your workout looks like, well, I may not goblet squat. Maybe I'll back squat. Maybe I'll, I'll do a sing. I'll do a, a pull up instead of a single arm, you know, dumbbell row. I'll do a, a deadlift with the trap bar and then I'll bench press with the barbell. Like it's the mm-hmm. same workout, just a little bit different implements and heavier weights. Like the only difference really between an advanced workout and a beginner workout is the intensity to which you approach that extra, the, the, the entire workout and maybe the weights that you're using are going to be a little heavier. But realistically, that's the only same thing. It's same the same thing. thing. And that's like, you know, there's a million different ways to skin a cat, right? Like I love bodybuilding workouts. I love different, you know what I mean? Like there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with powerlifting. There's nothing wrong with Olympic lifting. Like there is no right way to do it. Like I used to be, to be honest, like I was a CrossFit hater, right? Like when it first came out and people were trying to get me as like a former collegiate athlete, they're like, you need to be doing CrossFit, man. And (laughs) so one thing about me is like, I'm one of those people and I, I hate to admit it, but it's the truth. Like the more you try to push me to something, if I say I'll think about it and the more you try to push me to it, I like, fuck you, I'm not doing it now. Like even if I <laughs> wanted to do it because you won't stop busting my chops about it, I'm, now I'm just not going to do it and I'll do it if I want to later, right? Yeah. So that was kind of how it was with CrossFit. But also the people were getting hurt early on, right? Yeah. And now you realize like it's all about coaching. Like it's all about the facility you go to. It's all about the way that they approach it. And it's all about if it's right for you. You know what I mean? Like, cool. Like maybe it, maybe even working out a long time. Like maybe CrossFit's great for you. You know, and, and if you're not injured and you're doing well, awesome. You're in the best shape of your life. Cool. Other people, it doesn't work, right? So it's, you know, you don't need too much. But I have grown to like really love the full body workouts, just like you laid out, like upper body push. You know, like a lower body push, upper body pull, lower body push, upper body pull, and hit that every single day. Yeah, hit that every single day really as simple as that. I mean, I think, I think a lot of us have gone through a CrossFit hating phase. Yeah. I still think it's fun to make fun of, but just because like, it's, <laughs> it's fun to, <laughs> it's just fun to see how pissed off people get. It's yeah. It's just fun to get that reaction. But I mean, overall, like if I'm really thinking about the things that like we shouldn't do in the world, like CrossFit is overwhelmingly a positive thing in the world. Like sure. you know, people are uh, ra- way rather people do CrossFit than sit at home on the couch and, you know, just drink and, and eat chips and all that stuff, obviously. Right. But like for picking at stuff in fitness, I'll just like, it's just the easy, it's easy pickings, right? Yeah. It's CrossFit and Bosu balls, I think, are the the easy ones, right? But oh, uh, but so. but I also think that CrossFit is like it's an advanced version of what of a lot of us are trying to do. 100%, I yeah. came to this realization even a couple months ago. It's like I'm not trying to be a bodybuilder. I'm not trying to be a power lifter. I'm not trying to be an endurance athlete. I want to be like kind of good at everything, which is which is CrossFit. <laughs> Yeah. Just, I just, I'm not probably going to do the classes. I'll just like kind of do it my way, but really it's the same thing. And the mm-hmm. same with all small group coaching, like you might not be doing Olympic lifts. And so that makes it different than CrossFit. You might not be doing handstand pushups, but like you're doing a little of everything. So it's kind of the same. Yeah. And look, when I get people to the higher tier of like our training, right? Like you might do pipe pushups. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? Like, and if you looked at me and you're like, oh, I want to try a handstand push, I would be like, cool, you've been here for five years. You're here six days a week. You're, look, try it out. You want to try it out? Cool, go ahead. You know, like if your shoulders start bothering you, we're not going to do it anymore. Um, you know, like it, it just is one of those things. Like there's, there, I don't think there is such a thing as like bad training. Like it, it well, unless somebody gets hurt, the only type of bad training is the training where somebody gets injured. Right. Um, and I think that that's where as an early on, like early adopter, early coaches, like you sometimes have like a dogma when you first start out you're like, this is the way to do it. Like, you know, you, you have to do the on it style. You have to make sure that you're controlling rotation and you have to do unconventional fitness using kettlebells. And then you're like, Oh wait, like I saw Juan killing that, that barbell workout too. Like maybe that's not it. I just really like what soldier was doing. Like, you yeah. know, like there, there's, yeah. there's so many different ways to do it. You go down these rabbit holes and then ultimately you step back. And I remember one of the things I loved from those guys was like the tool is just the tool. The tool is just the tool. The modality can change like an anterior, or, you know, for people that, like a front loaded squat is a front loaded squat. Whether you grab a kettlebell, a sandbag, a dumbbell, like whatever, um, the principles are the same. Yeah. So it's good. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say just for, you know, when, when you're coaching that type of stuff, right? Like if I wanted to coach a front squat, how am am I going to coach that different for a D one athlete than I am for, you know, 40, 45 year old mom. And as they're hitting the same muscle groups, they need the same, they all, they need the same thing. They just are doing it different. You might coach it differently, but it's because of the individual, not necessarily their level. Like maybe that sure. D one athlete is having trouble, you know, driving their elbows up, and the and the the mom is having trouble, you know, pushing their knees out. But it's not because she's a mom or because you know he or she's a D one athlete. It's like it's just that's what their body that's is their body. doing, right? And and so like that coaching cue is that individualization of the of the person in front of you, not based on on their level, right? It's, it's so funny you say that because as I'm saying that, those are the two things I'm thinking in my head is I'm like, oh, the athletes. And I'm like, and that, you know, that knee bag, it's like that kind of coming in. Um, yeah. yeah, that's exactly it. And that's, you know, that is where the the individuality, the, spe- the specificity of coaching really comes into play, right? And you hear people say a lot, like people buy, buy coaches. They don't necessarily buy the coaching because you could have, and we've had this in the past at the gym, like you could have somebody who is... The, has the best education in the world. They have their masters. They have all the certifications. You look at it on paper, like they're doing internships. They've worked at other gyms and then they get in and your clients are like, I don't want to work with that person. Hmm. And you're like, oh, well, why not? And they're like, I don't enjoy being in the room with them. Or like, I don't like the way that they talk to me or they made me feel uncomfortable. And you're like, whoa, all right. And you try to figure that out because like, that's a, that's a person to person thing. And Whatever we're selling, no matter what anybody tells you, and uh, you know, people who work in this industry long enough realize, like this is customer service. Mm-hmm. It is customer service. So understanding like those nuances on how different people want to be spoken to, how different people want to be coached, how to get something from somebody, how to communicate, how not to communicate, right? That type of stuff will define your coaching career. It would define your coaching career. Have you ever heard of um, the DISC assessment? I have, but I'm actually don't really remember what it is. I've heard of it, though, but I don't. There's, I don't there's a bunch of them, so you've probably heard of like, oh, there's you know, there's like the Myers Briggs. There's all these different like personality yeah. tests. So one of the ones that that we use at the gym is called the DISC. So um, D is is dominant. I is influencer. Um, S is like steady or steadfast steadiness, and C is compliance. Right. So we have all of our staff do this. It's like a hour long or 45 minute 
thing that you fill out, you know, um, for anybody who's never done one of these, they're pretty cool. There's a bunch of different ones that you can do and they provide you some really interesting information. Um, and for us is, you know, we educate our staff on this immediately where I want people to understand what their personality profile is and how that works in with the team as well as their personality profile and how it relates to our clients. Right. Right. So like, for me, um, I'm a high I, you know, uh, which is, you know, optimistic, outgoing type people, like borderline boisterous, whatever. Like we want to have fun. We want to be involved. We're yes people. Like, hey, do you want to do this? Fuck yeah, I'm in. Let's go. And you're like, I didn't even tell you what it is yet. Like, it's okay. Let's just do it. Then we'll figure it out. <laughs> right. Um, so like that's my my thing. And then I have like a high D in there too, which is like there's like I, sometimes I just want to get shit done. Like, I, you know, um, and they kind of fight each other every once in a while. Right. For me as that like outgoing person that like S or C is kind of someone different where if I come into a high C person who's that compliance, they like details, they're very analytical, they want to know the whys of things or the S who's maybe a little bit more withdrawn and they're looking for support and I come in all hot and heavy like, let's fucking go. We're going to smash it today. We're gonna they're going to be like, this guy is too much. Yeah, right? This guy is too much. Um, and on the opposite side, if you come in and you start telling somebody who wants to just come in and like smash their workout, you're like, well, this is going to work your hip flexors. And what you're really trying to do here is get in there. And they're going to be like, dude, I could not fucking care less. I couldn't care less. I want to sweat. Like, let's go. Yeah. Um, people will leave. They will, they will find a coach that does that uh, without the understanding or even ever having that thought process of like, oh, I guess like that is different. Some really good coaches do it intuitively, right? Like, mm -hmm. I don't even think we like we we consider like oh well this person's a high D you just know like if I don't push Susie today she's gonna be pissed right yeah like if I don't tell John that he's doing a really good job and motivate him today he's probably not gonna have a good day but when you can start putting things into buckets and actually identifying and and giving it like a oh okay this person's definitely a high C I gotta explain to them everything that's going on in this workout because they want to know and you can tell man the better you get at it like yes. You look at people's programs and they're taking all their little meticulous notes and you're like, yeah, I'm going to tell them exactly what to do. I'm going to yeah. tell them every little detail. Right. I had this one guy who was asking me, we were bench pressing and it's like, his bench press was all like wobbly and it was all looking weird. And, and I couldn't figure out what was going on. And he asked me, he's like, what should I be doing with my toes while I'm bench pressing? And I was like, what the fuck, dude, uh, like it doesn't, it doesn't oh, just leave them alone. And he's like, and he's like, oh, Okay. And I was like, I was so like dumbfounded by the question. And like, you know, we ask, we always say, you know, there's, there's no dumb questions, right? Yeah, like you just this, don't was, know how to respond. This, this was pretty close to like a dumb question. Ooh. However, whatever I said, I think I said like, just leave your toes alone. I don't know. Just like grab the floor, just like leave your feet steady. And he's like, oh, okay. And then like next set, boom, bench press. Perfect. And yeah. I'm like, fucking wow. All right. So he was just like so preoccupied for whatever reason about what was going on with his feet that everything else was all messed up. And right. Yeah. And that's not something that I can see or that I even noticed. And it just happens. But like, if you don't have that, that, uh, kind of like leadership, like, all right, this is the answer. And like, I'm going to give it to you with confidence, convey my coaching with confidence and also know the answer to these questions. Sure. Then that's where you lose a person like that because he wasn't the type of guy who's like, yeah, pick it up and just like fucking get at it and, and, and go. And that wasn't his way. He needed to know all the details of these little things. And so you yeah. figure that out a couple of times, you learn how to speak to different people. But I think the thing that some people miss with this sort of like soft skills of coaching conversation is that 
you still need to be a technician. You, have to you be still got to know your shit and know how to answer all those questions because you will have people who ask those questions and who respond to that. Mm-hmm. And you just have to know it because you have to be good at what you do. You can't just mm-hmm. be a cheerleader. There's a time and a place for that, but you can't just be a cheerleader. That's not enough to to be a, a great coach as well. Yeah, that's why I love the high C's. Like I love that high C personality because when people ask me questions, I look at them like, thank you. And they're like, what do you mean? Because they think they're being a pain in the ass. Sometimes like, sorry, I have so many questions. I'm like, no, Mm -hmm. thank you. I'm like, I love doing this because it reminds me, right? You don't have like, unless you're sitting around a room full of coaches and you're fucking nerding out on all this stuff, which happens sometimes. Like, again, I, I keep referring back to Dallas, but even in the coaches room, like sometimes we sit there and I lived with one of the guys that we worked with for a while. Like we'd sit here and be having a drink and we'd be nerding out about coaching stuff. But most of your conversations are, you're not talking about that stuff, right? You're not talking about the whys of things. You're just telling people how to do it. So when somebody comes along and they want to know why, I'm like, oh, sick. Like, yeah, like let's 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 dig into it. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes it's just good to let people know, like you said, let them know that you're proficient. Like I want you to know that I'm, you're not just doing this because I'm your, your dad and I'm telling you how to, like you do it because <laughs> I said so. Like, hey, listen, you should be feeling this in your glutes. This is why. If you're feeling it here, you shouldn't be. Right. Well, what's going on here? Ah, well, it looks like this. Therefore, try this. Right. And then you build trust with people. Like it's, um, I love it. Uh, it. It's interesting from a team perspective as well. Right. Because, you know, we've said multiple times, like there's different ways to skin a cat. But from a technical standpoint, on my end, like helping run education and stuff like that for the gym, I have to make sure that all of our coaches know that we're speaking the same language. Right. And that can be challenging um, because, hey, how do I deal with sh- uh, a lack of shoulder range of motion? Uh, this person has, uh, you know, well, is it a T-spine issue? Like, you know what I mean? And, and what happens is if somebody comes in and says, hey, I, you know, try this out. And then they go to another coach and the coach is like, oh, don't do that. You're like, ah, this is where like clients are like, oh, you guys are not even speaking the same language. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That communication within the team, especially in like a system like you guys have where the same coach is coaching different clients or the the same different coaches, sorry, are coaching the same clients within the group. Yeah. Setting. It's like everyone's got to know what's going on with everyone and has yep. to just be, you can't remember obviously all of it. Like it's got to be clearly noted so that everyone knows. Otherwise the client's like, well, I told this to, to, to Johnny last session and you should have known about it. And then you, you know, the whole thing looks like bad if, if mm-hmm. the next coach doesn't know about it. Right. Yeah. Those are little, those are little things that you have to think about. Like if you're starting a, a, a you know, a small group training program, or if you're kind of jumping into that as a new coach, right. That congruence is really, really important. Um, yeah. and, and we've had instances where clients like they bail on another coach. Cause they're like, uh, eh. yeah, they gave me some bad, bad adjustments. Um, and they weren't the same as the other two or three of you guys. And right. that coach puts themselves in a shitty camp then, you know, and I let people know, I'm like, look, man, you know, the soft skills paired with the technical skills make a big difference. Like charisma will get you so far being a really like nice guy or fun to be around. will get you so far. And you might do that in like a, a boot camp setting where people are kind of rolling and going, but you know, we require a lot of staff. Like we require and ask a lot of people. And I think that that's, how it should be for, for the level of, you know, training that you want to provide for people. It's how it should be in the profession. People trust you. Um, and that is like, that's a lot, right? Like, I think another, another avenue with this and even with the communication is like, this will happen and maybe not more in person, but it's just different in person because it's a point blank question where someone will say, Hey, I saw, 
you know, in my program, uh, you gave me this exercise to do it in this way. But, you know, so-and-so on Instagram said that you should always the do the exercise like this, right? All the time. And so in, in an online coaching experience, like, you know, I, I get that in an email or a text message so mm-hmm. I can like, you know, if I, if I don't see it right away, like I can take the time to properly formulate a response and, and whatever. But in an in-person session, like you got to know the answer to that question. Mm-hmm on the spot and you can't be, uh, uh, well, um, I'm not sure and whatever. And usually the answer is probably like, Hey, you know, so-and-so on Instagram was right in that context, but this is why that doesn't apply to you yep. as an individual. Right. Yep. And then you got to explain that to them. And then the client's like, Oh, okay, great. Cool. Carry yeah. on. <laughs> oh, you know what you're talking about? Awesome. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's not that they're for a lot of people, like they're not challenging you necessarily. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not like a challenge. It's just a question. Like we have one client. I absolutely love her. Dude, she's fucking killing it. This woman's lost like 75 pounds. She wow. finally like dialed it in. She's lost so much weight. She had to have like skin removal. I absolutely love Amazing. it. She's, she's killing it. And she wants to know, Hey, why am I doing this exercise? Like, why are we doing it like this? And if you don't know her, you're like, why is she questioning me? And you're like, that, that that's not it, man. She's not questioning you. And I've had young coaches go, man, what's her deal? I said, her deal is she wants to know why. And as soon as you tell her, she goes, oh, awesome. Thank you so much. And you go, <laughs> she just legitimately wanted to know what she was doing it for. That's all. She wants to understand what she's doing. Help exactly. her out. Help her out, right? And finding that balance. Like we, uh, I came up with a like a an acronym a few years back uh, for our staff. And it's like how to thrive. Like thrive is the acronym. And um, it's basically, it's, I wanted to say train your mom because my, my mother is actually a client of ours and Amazing. she's 72 years old. And I'm like, look, if any of you guys um, are coaching my mom and you hurt her, we're going to have a serious problem, <laughs> right? So the issue was, you know, the thought was train, I, I changed it to train with love, right? Treat everybody like they're the most important person in the world because they are the most important person in the world to someone else, right? And I was like, just remember that. If this was your mom in front of you, how would, or, or you were training, how would you want her to be treated? Right. Or your wife or your son or your whatever. The other one was real, recognize real. Right. I'm like, people can tell if you're being fake. They can tell if you're being fake. If you show up with like a fake, all right, cool. Like they, they can tell, man, <laughs> like you're allowed to have bad days. Like, don't be that fake ass dude. Like trying to be everybody's friend and trying yeah. to be like, if that's who you are as a person, cool. Like be that guy. But if you're not, don't try and be that guy. Like you and I probably have different coaching styles. Cool. Great. Your style might work for somebody like, Exactly. For new new coaches too. Sometimes they just try to be somebody they're not. And you're like, hey man, like we have a lot of interns. So I try and say the same to these guys. I'm like, don't coach like me. I'm like, you know, unless that's who you genuinely feel like that's, you want to be loud and you want to be kind of there. I'm like, but don't, if that's not your coaching voice, don't do it. And also, like you said, you have to know what you know, right? Like you have to understand like reasonably, like if you're not an Olympic lifting coach, don't fucking program Olympic lifts. Don't pretend to be an Olympic lifting coach. Like we had some kids that came in, like a kid wanted to Olympic lift. The dude who did our Olympic lifting isn't there anymore. Like I look at him, I'm like, look, man, there's Olympic lifting centers. Like that's not my area of expertise. I could coach Mm -hmm. you on it, but if you really want to do it, go, right? I, where am I at? T-R-T-H. Oh no, I forgot the H, the H in thrive. (laughs) This is super simple, man. Hello, goodbye. Right? I'm like, the, the sweetest sound to somebody is their own name. Mm-hmm. We like hearing our own name. And if you're not greeting clients by name when they walk in the door and you're not thanking them for their time and saying goodbye on the way out, like you're, you're missing it. You're missing yep. it. This is customer service. 
And we've had coaches do the same thing. Like you walk through the building and nobody says hello to you. Do you feel welcome? No, never. Even if you walk into a retail store in the mall, like that, you don't even care about. You're just like, no. they want you to, it will be, they don't know your name, but you want them to say, hello. Hey, hello, how can hi. I help you? Yeah. Right? Walmart has a greeter, bro. Like, <laughs> exactly. Hey, how you doing? He's got one tooth <laughs> hanging out. He's like wearing sandals that are too old. His shirt's all big, but he doesn't care. You know, exactly. and it makes you feel good. Makes you feel good. Sure. Right. Yeah. And then we go like, I, I is inspire, inform, um, and instruct. It's like the ABCs of coaching. Like you should mm-hmm. always be coaching. If you're yeah. not informing somebody on why they're doing what they're doing, if you're not instructing them on what they should be doing or like how to make an adjustment, you should be inspiring them and telling them they're doing a good job, right? Yeah. At any point in time during a session, you could be doing one of those three things. So if you're standing there with your hands in your pockets, and you're not doing anything. I look at people, I'm like, your three eyes, man, three eyes. And they're like, oh, okay. And it's like, you can be doing something. Work the line, man. It's different. One-on-one coaching, like if you never shut up, people would be like, leave me alone, dude. Exactly. Like, yes. like, <laughs> it, is, it is different. There's, there's, times, there's times, but but it's not but it's not that different in the sense no. where like you shouldn't be standing there with your hands in your pockets and just like, okay, well, there's uh, 30 seconds left in this rest period and that's it. And then just yep. like go again, right? And you got to play to people's energy. Sometimes people come in who are usually like high energy and they just, they had a shit day and they just like, they don't really want to talk that day. They just want to like get their workout in and go home. And like, and yeah. that's okay. You, you play to that, right? But you got to work with that. And sometimes not talking is the right answer. In a, in a one-on-one setting, like they just don't want to hear what you have to say. They're just not mm-hmm. interested. They're, they're just in their own head about some other shit, and like, and that's okay. And so, you not saying anything is actually the best move in that moment. Like that is the coaching in that moment because you're understanding, acknowledging, and respecting that they just need a, they just need some time here. They just need some quiet. They just want to work it's out, sweat, yeah. and go home. And like, and that's what they need, right? Yeah, and you're and dude, that is the emotional intelligence, right? Again, that is hard to teach but it can be learned, yeah. so to speak, mm-hmm. right? It, like you don't necessarily teach it. You can make people aware of it, but you have to just experience it. And, yes. and those are the things you learn as an early coach, right? Um, I think it's just like over cueing, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, all yeah. right, I want you to drive your feet to the floor. I want you to separate the floor. I want you to drive your knees out. You got to sit your butt low. I want you to create, create some tension in your core. Get your head tall, just shoulders back. And like people are like, dude, I <laughs> don't know what you just said. Like, yes. oh my God, give me one thing. Give me one thing. Like, let me, let me figure one thing out first. Right. And it, and it just creates like, it creates anim- like not animosity, but like angst, yes. you know? Um, it's really funny. I have a guy I train, he's, he's 76 years old and I've been training him two days a week for like four and a half years, man. And he just like, I know I'm going to eat breakfast. I'm going to breathe air and that he's going to show up at seven 45, 15 minutes before <laughs> his session. Like it's just a guarantee. And there's days like he, you know, we talk about everything and there's some days he's fairly quiet. And like you said, man, you learn to read that, that situation. And sometimes people just want to like get that shit done and be done. And you're just going, Hey, great job, man. Just focus on that breathing. That's it. Like that's your, that's your cue for the day. Um, shit, man. Some people come in. I had a lady come in. She just looked at me one time. She goes, I just want to cry today. (laughs) I just want to cry today. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Like, I'm just going to sit on the floor and cry for a few minutes. I'm like, all right, well, when you're done, uh, let me know and we'll get you, get you started with your warm up. She wanted to be in the gym because she didn't want to be home. She knew that she was comfortable there. She cried for five minutes, legitimately like sat there and cried for a few, took a walk outside, came back in, did 30 minutes and was like, I'm good. That's enough for me. And I'm going to leave today. And I didn't like her fucking squat form was not important that day. She used a really <laughs> lightweight and she just wanted to breathe and move. She just wanted to like get out of her own head. 
and you're like, yeah, man, like that's today's medicine. Yeah. Today's prescription is let's just move and breathe. Yeah. You know? Uh, and, and that's the other part of, of learning from being a young coach where you have this like sense of depending, I mean, dude, everybody changes. Like I know I wanted to train a lot of young coaches, right. That I'm sure that you've talked to or you meet, you're like, I want to train athletes. I want to train pros. I want to train, I want to train like high end clients. Careful what you wish for. Yeah. Right. Like there's a couple of <laughs> things with that, like where you're like, Hey, do you really want to train athletes? Cause being a collegiate strength and conditioning coach is brutal. Like that lifestyle is tough. Um, you know, you can listen to Jordan Syatt talk about when he traveled with Gary Vee and like he had no life whatsoever. Like, okay, yep. again, like that's, if that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. But then I was listening to Mike Boyle the other day and he's laughing and he's talking about, he goes, it doesn't take a lot to coach pro athletes, right? Like how much coaching do you have to do when the person that you're coaching does the exercise better than you do? Like, <laughs> exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah. You're like, yeah. Like, okay, cool. Like, yeah, man. Oh yeah. You're doing it. Keep. <laughs> keep doing that right <laughs> uh, it's it's different as like as opposed to somebody who really legitimately like their body can't actually do what you want them to do mm-hmm. so you're trying to make those little cues and figuring out what can i do that's going to you know mitigate injury for these people and you know what's the lowest hanging fruit and how do i not try and do too much and drive this person away to be like nick you're driving me insane right now yeah. you're driving me insane yeah. uh so like finding that that happy, that happy place. Right. And yeah. I think part of that too, like, I mean, now I'm thinking of it too, is the next was like victory dance, like RV, like celebrating people, like when they do the little things, right. Like I, it's, we're so funny about it. Like we celebrate clients and we do these client wins. Right. And it's just natural in our industry to, and we tell our coaches this, like when somebody does a big lift and they crush a deadlift that like we take the video and we're like, hell yeah, fucking killing it. You know, such and such lost 15, 20 pounds. Awesome. And then there's a woman in the back who's like, I got up the steps without being out of breath. And that's her biggest win since starting the gym. It's, you got to celebrate that shit. You have to, you have you to, gotta those, celebrate things, that shit. those things that seem like less sexy are, are actually, in my opinion, way more powerful because like once you can, once you, you, you get to that point of like, Hey, I was able to get up the stairs without getting out of breath. Like now she's in, she's yep. bought in. And like yep. the next thing where she's like, Hey, I'm down 15, 20 pounds. Like that's easy. That's mm-hmm. just about, you know, time is going to pass and it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But like get in the, you know, I think Jonathan Goodman had a post about this other day. Like the heaviest weight in the gym is the front door. Yeah. Right? Once you're in, once yeah. you're, once you're in the system and like you start to get those little things that seem like not a big deal. Hey, this old pair of pants fit me. I was able to button this pants up without, you know, sucking in my belly today. Like those things that are like not that big of a deal. And you probably don't want to tell people those are the things that matter into like clients who are out there. Like tell your coaches when those things yes. happen because we fucking share love those, those wins. Things. Share yeah. them, bro. Yeah. I'm, dude, I'm an emotional human. Like I, I'm a like open book for most things, man, like to a fault sometimes. And like, no bullshit, dude. Like I will have clients look at me and tell me shit like that. And I got to like choke back tears because yeah. like I legitimately, that's why I fucking do this. Yeah. This has nothing to do with me. Like I'm going to work out. Like I'm going to do it. Like I just, I like it. Um, I am here on a daily basis, waking up at four o'clock in the morning and fucking like working long ass 12 hours and shit, talking to you here and like, because we, I think, as coaches, most of us genuinely want to see other people succeed. Mm-hmm. And 
I'm really happy that you hit a PR. I am happier that you saw your family and they looked at you and they went, you look great. That's one thing. But I want to know how you feel. I want to know that your day-to-day life is improved. You're doing things that maybe you weren't doing before or you're doing the things that you really wanted to do. I'm wearing clothes that I wasn't wearing. I had to buy new clothes that I got out of. I was able to go play basketball with my friends and I haven't done that in 10 years. I was able to go golfing and not have any back pain, right? Like I go driving. I would usually, I had a lady recently, she goes, She's like, I was never able to drive for more than an hour without having severe back pain. I was in the car for four hours and I didn't even think about stopping because my back didn't hurt at all. And when I got out of the car, I had no, and I didn't even think about it until I got back home. And you're like, fuck yeah. Yeah. Like, that's a huge, huge improvement in someone's life, right? Like, that's that's a massive thing. Even another one that comes up often is like, I was able to take photos of myself and I didn't feel bad about like being in photos at a wedding or a birthday party or like a whatever. Right. And that's a huge one. Like imagine all these, these, these life events that, that pass and you're like, I don't don't want to be in in photos. Oh my God. Exactly. And then you look back, it's like, I don't have any pictures of that stuff. Right. But it's like, these are the things that matter. Yeah. You're going to lose the weight. You're going to like, we like those numbers. They're tangible. They're, (laughs) they're good for marketing. They're, you know, whatever. They're good. They're awesome to celebrate the PRs, all that stuff. But it's like these little wins. These are the things that like really, really touch people's lives and that and that matter the most. And once that gets rolling again, then everything else has come so much easier. Yeah, dude, stacking the wins. Yeah. Stacking the wins. Like, and that's the thing that I, I try as hard as I can to to get across. And I, it's funny because I always try and tell people, man, I think coaches, most of us, when we say things, and I try and get this to people all the time, like, look, I said a lot of the things that I'm that I'm saying out loud, like I'm telling myself, mm-hmm. right? don't don't think for one second that like it's not easy for me to be lazy it's not easy like or like it's hard for me like dude it's not this isn't a cakewalk like i remind myself i fall off all the time i fall off all the time i beat myself up i have negative self-talk i don't celebrate my wins right like so when i communicate these things and it's like the idea of like when i'm teaching and we're talking about it is like we're reminding ourselves to be that as well right like i have to remind myself like i laugh like joe rogan talks about it one of the guys I was working with, we catch ourselves because we're like listening to our headphones and you're like doing a set and you're like, come on, you little bitch, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that's one thing. But sometimes people take that to the nth degree and they just, yes. we have such serious negative self-talk. So reminding yourself like, yo, you got here today. I had a lady again. She's been out for ages. She had back surgery and she's wants to just like jump back in and go, yo, you made it today. Like you got here today. You did like you it's like you lifted the heaviest weight. You know, it's the burden of getting in the door for the first time. We'll take it from here. Exactly. You know, Um, it it is and and giving people that because I think that lifts a burden off their shoulders. And then even, hey, look what you were doing three weeks ago. You were doing 10 pounds. And uh, I love this shit. Like there's certain people I had a lady. She's hilarious, man. She's been with us almost about a year, her and her husband. And when she started, we were bargaining, right? Like we were bargaining, like. All right, we're gonna try the five. Okay, well, how about this instead? That's <laughs> right. Like she goes, <laughs> right, right, I want right. you to do tens for eight. Well, how about I do the fives and I'll do ten, right? And you're, and you're <laughs> laughing about it because she didn't like she had just never touched weights. She was scared. She was nervous. She pulled two hundred and twenty-five on the trap bar for five reps the other day. Wow. She's been in the gym for less than a year. Wow. Right. Started with a ten-pound dumbbell on a stepper box. 
And, That's and unbelievable. Just, yeah, man. She has not been on the in-body. She hasn't done like the in-body measurement scale. Like, you know what I'm talking about, the in-body, right? Yeah. Yep. She, she has never been on it. Never. And she doesn't really want to yet. I'm like, okay. And she's got, I can take my, I can carry my groceries in the house one trip. I can take my laundry up the steps now with, uh, I, I, she's like, I used to have to put the basket on every step all the way up. She goes, I don't even think about it. I just go up the steps now, right? And she at, just turned 50 and just pulled 225 for five reps on her trap bar. Amazing. Amazing. But again, right? It's like the laundry, these things, these are the things that matter. And she doesn't need to check the the scale, the in-body, the whatever no. measurements. Cause it's like, Hey, she's doing all the right things. Like I would bet a lot of money that her body composition has improved over Absolutely. this past year. She's, she, she went from a whole new wardrobe. There you go. Right. And it's like, we don't need the, we don't need to put numbers on that to, to know that. Right. Sometimes it's nice. Some people are data driven again, like different personalities. Yeah. Some people need to know like, Hey, I'm doing this. This is like the exact weight that I'm using. And some people it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thinner than I was before. And it's like, all right, bro, <laughs> that's good. I don't actually care about the number on the scale. Yeah. We use it as like a measurement tool and whatever, but it's like, are you moving in the right direction? If so, then great. If not, then like, hey, maybe let's let's look at what's going on and uh, let's change some stuff. But like, as long as you're going in the right direction, we're good. Hell yeah. And it's, you know, realizing early on too, and, and it is even more difficult for clients that are working with an online coach because they don't have access to an in-body. They don't yeah. get to see, right? When you look at an in-body, you can see your skeletal muscle mass and your percentage of body fat. People don't get to see that delta. So they go, well, I was 150 pounds and I'm still 150 pounds. And you're like, yeah, but you gained four pounds of muscle mass and your body fat went down 3%. Like, you know, your body composition has changed completely. Oh, well, I guess you're right. My, I, I did I did lose an inch and a half off my waist, <laughs> right? But because the scale didn't move, they're not willing to celebrate that success yet because of how much value we place on that number. Yeah, And it's like a constant battle on the coaching side of things. And I'm sure with online clients, and I know I deal with some of my people, like even when they see the in-body and they see the muscle mass going up and the body fat going down, they look at that top number and they're like, why didn't that fucking change? Right. And you go, you're doing the right things. Keep doing what you're doing. Don't expect the transformation in four weeks or eight weeks. By 12 weeks, your body will start really making those like noticeable aesthetic changes. Yeah. And it's like, it's tough. You know, in, in the online coaching space, it's just a different form of communication on this. Absolutely. Thing. So because I have less touch points with them, the way that I would communicate this would be something to the effect of like, Hey, we're going to start this nutrition protocol, these workouts, blah, blah, blah. In the short term, you might see like a, the, the scale is going to go down in the next like couple of weeks because you're making mm -hmm. these changes. Then it's going to level out because your body's going to start to yeah. build a little, a little bit of muscle and you might be like building muscle and losing fat at the same time. And that's going to make your weight stay the same. Mm -hmm. And then it's going to stay the same for a little bit for a couple of weeks. And then it's going to start to go down again as like the muscle gain comes a little bit slower and the fat gain is, is exceeding it. And what that does is one, it sets them up for good expectations. They're not expecting, oh, the oh, scale is yeah. going to go down three pounds in the first week and then it's just going to be three pounds a week for forever. Like that's yeah. not going to happen. <laughs> it's and not so linear, unfortunately. Exactly unfortunately and so we set them up to be like oh i i expect what's act i expect reality i expect what's going to happen and that way when it starts to level out or even not move at or you know move very slowly or whatever they're not disappointed so it does that yeah. it sets them up for for wins and for positivity going forward but then it also communicates to them that you know what the fuck you're doing oh, because yeah. if you're just like hey you lost three pounds in the first week great you're gonna lose three pounds a week for forever 
And it's like, then that doesn't happen. Then they're like, one, you look like an idiot because you told them it was going to happen. Absolutely. And two, now they're just disappointed because they were doing something that worked allegedly. Yep. And now it's not working the same way yeah. anymore. So then the response is like, well, I'm just going to diet harder. I'm going to run more. I'm going to do fault, all this stuff. You know? It's their fault. And then you yeah. just, it's just to set up this like whirlwind of, of negativity and you lose them as a client. So one, not good for your business as a coach, but two, and worse is that now that person is like in this downward spiral yeah, rabbit hole of fitness, have a horrible behavior. relationship. Exactly. Horrible relationship with fitness and with their body. And and they're going to probably, it's going to take them another year before they step back into a gym, hire another coach or, or whatever. Yeah. And you've just, you know, you've lost a year of that person's life. Yeah. And then the next coach who deals with that has to try and undo all that negative, you know what I mean? Exactly. That, like that negative programming that's going on in your head. Exactly. Yeah, like the laying out expect. I mean, again, we started with this talking about communication, right? Laying those expectations out for people. And I'm sure, I, I think I might've even heard you say this at some point, like it, it, the unrealistic fucking promises that some coaches make for people is what sets them up for failure. Yeah, right. Yeah. And our job as coaches is to empower people. Um, I got a fucking tattoo a few years ago, the archangel of empowerment. Right. I'm just like in my brain, you know, I forget who who said it somewhere. It might have been the guys that on it was like, focus on your superpower, not your kryptonite, hmm. right? And whenever somebody comes in the gym, if I set false expectations for them, oh, don't worry about it. You use, you're going to lose 20 pounds in like, you know, three, four weeks. No big deal, right? Maybe they will lose 20 pounds in a month, but the chances of that staying off, as we know from all sorts of research and all sorts of trials, is like it doesn't. It doesn't because you didn't create the actual structure of habits. You just exactly. fucking crash dieted. You smoked your metabolism. You've ruined a lot of the work that you're trying to move forward with. And now when you hit rock bottom and nothing else changes, you're like, well, now what? Now I can't exactly. maintain that because you can't maintain 1,100 calories a day. Like, right. So setting people up and saying, look, hey, look, this is going to be – this is funny, right? You mentioned marketing like – you market psychologically, right? So for some people, you're like, hey, I'll help you lose as much weight as you want to. And that gets them in the door. And then they get in there and they're like, all right, so this is actually going to be pretty difficult, right? Like <laughs> the truth is like this is going to be a challenge. Yeah. Um, but if you make people think it's easy when it's hard, they look at you and they're like, well, I suck. Exactly. Yep. I suck because you told me this was going to be easy. This is really difficult. Am I Am I that bad? Am I that, am I that messed up? Like I must be unsavable. But if you look at people and you say, look, we're going to have a challenge ahead of us. I'm really excited for you because the good that's going to come out of this, man, you're going to feel so good. You're going to be able to do the things you want to do. And I'm going to help you all along the way. You're never going to be alone. We're going to walk through this challenge together. Oh shit. Okay. And then you introduce community and these people are going to be doing it with you, right? These people are going to be with you. They're doing exactly what you're doing. And if you tend to fall off, you let me know, you let them know, and we're going to lift it up together, right? That's the that's the draw to people. Like, it's going to be hard, man. Like, if this shit was easy, everybody would do it, right? That's the, the, the day old saying or age old saying, like, everything that's good comes at a little bit of a cost, right? Like, you, yeah. you got to be willing to give up. And if you're not asking people that question of what's your why, like, what are they doing it for? Like, then it's really easy to stop. If I don't know why I'm showing up at five o'clock every morning and sweating my ass off and lifting these heavy things and having Nick over here with his coffee breath in my face and like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't need you over here with your beard and your coffee breath, you know? Like, why am I doing this every day? Why is like, okay, well, 
I want my kids to have a really good role model. I want my kids to, to be able to, to see that I take care of my health, right? I love what Molly said, Molly Galbraith, about you know the percentages, like 65% of training clients are women, and of women that train, 75% of them are going to have kids. So when you look at mental health, that is a serious issue, right? Especially amongst youth and especially particularly um, among young women. We're training a lot of moms. Being able to empower them to feel strong, to feel confident, to then look at their daughters and provide that kind of framework for them to say like, yeah, man, like being strong is really cool. And taking care of your body and being um, habitually conscious of or conscious of my habits, right? That's cool, man. Like that's a cool thing to do. Uh, and on our end, man, like like we said, that's the that's the juice, right? Like when you say, is it worth the squeeze? Like that juice is worth the squeeze. And on their end, when your daughter or your kids start saying, I want to go to the gym too, that's when you look at yourself and you're like, all right, cool, cool. This is Job why done. I'm doing it. Yeah. 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 The aesthetic yeah. goals often come along with it. And, you know, a lot of people online, like you're hiring a coach and, you know, they're showing that they have a six pack or the whatever. Basically, like they're just saying, I've been doing this a long time. I've been doing this consistently. I've fallen off plenty. But if you do this consistently for a long time, if it's your goal, it's achievable. If it's not your goal, who fucking cares? Exactly. And that's that's the thing that I was just about to say, too, is like it's it's matching the expectations to what you're willing and able to do. If someone willing comes in the gym, and able, willing right? and able, if someone comes in the gym and they're like, hey, Nick, I want to lose 30 pounds in the next month. You're like, OK, here's what you have to do yeah. in order for that to happen. Yep. Are you willing and able to do that? And they're mm-hmm. going to be like, fuck, that is oh, I'm not ready for that. Yep. Like, All right great. Here's what we can do instead. And, you know, maybe we'll lose five pounds this month or seven pounds or whatever it is. Right. But, but letting someone, you know, promising someone, Hey, I'm going to, I want to lose 30 pounds this month. And you're like, yeah, fuck yeah. Sign up. Here's the, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Put your credit card here, please. It's like, that's, that's setting that person up for failure because even if they achieve that 30 pound weight loss in that month, you fucked them up something, Mm -hmm. something crazy Mm -hmm. in in a way that they weren't ready for or expecting. But as long as they know what the, you know, quote unquote cost of their goal is, then they can make that decision as to whether they are willing to pay that cost. And Absolutely. if they're not, then then that's okay. You won't lose 30 pounds this month. You'll lose 30 pounds eventually, but here's how we're going to do it, right? Yeah. What are you willing to do to get there? Yeah. Like that's that's success, man. Like I think for for most of success, and you look at anybody who has achieved high levels of anything, whether it's sports, whether it's finances, whether it's education, right? They invested a ridiculous amount of consistent effort, mm-hmm. right? It is that that's what it is. The people who make a lot of money for the most part, if they built their own business, they were willing to accept a high level of stress, an exceptional amount of tedious bullshit. They're able to adapt to changes, right? Like that doesn't happen. So if you're like, dude, I want to have a six pack. That is my goal. I want, you know, 18% body fat or for guys, I want like low, low, you know, single digit body fat. Cool. Um, when you go out this weekend, Make sure that you drink water. When you are going out to eat with your friends, you're going to probably be ordering the salad, right? You're not having a cheeseburger on July 4th. You're not going to do Taco Tuesdays, right? You're not like, and 
I, I think for a lot of dude, I tried it at one point. I like turned 30 and I had this like, I'm going to get in the best shape I've ever been in. Like I want to be in better shape than I was playing college hockey. Got my body fat down super low. And everybody around me was like, hey man, you look great. Like awesome. But like, you know, when do you want to come have tacos and shit? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? You're like, yeah, you're right. Like I don't like, that's not my goal. It was a goal at that time. And yeah. you're saying like, I, my social life was very, very different. I would yeah. go out, I'd have one vodka club on a Friday night and like, that'd be it because I'm training the next day or I feel like shit. So my workout suffers, right? What are you willing to give up? What are you willing yeah. to give up for it? And you see athletes that train like crazy, like the Kobe Bryant stories of him waking up at three 30 in the morning. And you're like, yeah, that's what he was willing to give up. He went to bed at, he went to bed at seven o'clock. LeBron James, sleeps 10 or 12 hours a night, right? Yeah. Like he yeah, it's recovers. One, it's one thing to be a, you know, to be a kid and it's like the dream about being your, like your favorite pro athlete. And that's fine as a kid. You don't, you know, you don't know what you're really getting into, but it's like, once you become a certain age, if you're even remotely close to making it to the pros or whatever, you got to realize like, well, what does it actually take to be the best? What does it sure. even take to make it to the league? And then what does it take to be the best? Cause like you might not be willing to do that. And like the business case of that is like, let's look at like, Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, these like, you know, uber successful, you know, wealthiest people in the yes. world type of thing. It's like, do you really want that life? Like, you know, you might see like, yeah, I want his bank account. Yeah. But like, do you want the 14 hour do days what he does. and away yeah, from your times family? 20 yeah. years? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Multiple divorces. Do you want that stuff? Like, probably mm -hmm. not. I mean, and if you do, then by all means, like do whatever you want, but just do it with your eyes open. Yeah. Be aware. Like, and that's, you know, this is the social media shit that we live in. Like everybody paints the pretty picture. Like that's the highlight reel. And, and everybody I think knows that, but the subconscious is still a beast, yeah. right? Like that's, you, if there's anything you learn from coaching too, is how strong our subconscious pull is and how often that we are trying to deprogram or reprogram a thought process that has been built into us possibly from the time we were little, little kids, mm -hmm. you know? And when you realize that, you're like, oh, this is programming. Like I've been programmed to think that the that the scale weight is the most important thing. I've been programmed to think that I gotta squat with my feet under my under my hips and my toes forward or whatever it is, because I saw it on a video, right? Um <laughs> The rice protocol, like that's a big one that I've, I've been telling people recently. I've been screaming from the mountaintops because I had a handful of people. Oh, should I go home and do the rice? I was like, dude, that got thrown in the trash like 10 years ago. Please don't do that. Yeah. Um, it's just, you know, that that like neural programming that that we go through that you're then like, where is the where is the roadblock here? And how can I help this person navigate their way through it? And if you don't set clear expectations you're not helping them do that because they then just internalize things and say, it's my fault. It's my fault for doing this. Yeah. And like, like there's a level of, it, it's such a balancing act, man. And uh, you brought up Aram, like I share Aram stuff all the time. And I know that some of my, uh, the, the people that I work with, some of the coaches have really started kind of following and, and his stuff. And even some of my female clients, like they look at him and they're like, man, like he's brutally honest. Right. Mm -hmm. Like some of the things he said is brutally honest. And you're like, you're not doing anybody any favors by making false expectations. And sometimes you're better off looking at somebody I, and telling them like, look, you know, based on what you're going through right now, your levels of stress, how much time that you can actually dedicate to this stuff. Like, would you consider like revising this goal? Do you think that this goal, you know, like I, I like what you said, like, are you willing and able? I don't know that you have the ability to do this right now. In order to do that, you have to do these things. Is that possible? No, I can't. My work has me 
going all over the place all the time. Um, I can't meal prep. I'm traveling. I'm on the road all the time. And you're like, all right, exactly. well, where can we stack your first win? Yeah. You just set, you set that person up for, for success that way. Right. And, and it again, just goes back to communication styles. Someone might not, you know, you, me and Aram might say the same message in three different ways. Mm-hmm. A given person out there is going to respond to one of them. We're all saying the same thing. We just have our own way of saying it because we're all different humans and different individuals, but we're, we're given the same facts and like, and that's okay. They're going to respond to, to you and maybe not to me. And, and I'm good with that as long as yep. they're getting help. And that's why going back to what you said earlier is like, don't try and coach like me, you know, some like the, coaches in, the, the, the trainers in your gym. It's like, don't try and be Nick, just be you. And, and it's going to get across to the people who it's going to get across to. You can't be everything to everyone, right? You've just got to be like, just be you. And people will pick up on that. Right. Dude, people respond to authenticity. They respond to it. I, I started laughing because, uh, and knowing that you were on it too, like, did you ever, did you get a chance to meet John Wolf or Shane Hines? Um, their uh, education. Well, neither of them were, neither of them were around when I was there. You ever get an opportunity, man? Like, you know, you get an opportunity like, to speak to those guys or just to, to kick it with them. They are just like two of the best humans, um, like salt of the earth people, man. And I did the foundations course. Um, originally I took it with Shane up in New York and then I went down and I did a, um, uh, I did the foundations again as a, uh, I forget the term. I did like a report on a forum and kind of went back and did all that stuff. And so Shane did it the first time and John did it the second time. Bro, you want to talk about communicating in completely different ways? It was hilarious because it is the exact same information. And John's very upfront about it. He goes, Shane and I have very different communication styles, right? <laughs> like Shane is the type of guy, like you say something to him and he stops and he's like, Okay, let me put it to you this way. If there were two different people and he comes up with this like beautiful analogy and the, the one analogy that I'm thinking of that is the funniest to me was they were talking about doing a goblet squat, right? And Shane is like, you know, what you can think about is you can think like if you had a pen like hanging right below you and there was a bottle underneath you and you want to drop down and you want to try and get that pen, pen to go straight down to the bottle. <laughs> and John goes, excuse me for the crude reference, but Imagine you're teabagging one of your buddies. <laughs> I just fucking lost it, bro. I just started dying. I'm like, I'm like, holy shit, right? Like, I said, I was like, that is a very different way, and like everybody's cracking up. And he's like, sorry, but it man. sticks. Like, it sticks, right? It, it, it's sticky, dude. It is yeah. sticky, and you and I and I laugh. And every once in a while, you know, knowing your client, like you can you can pull somebody aside and be like, hey, it's one of these, right? Then you know, pretend you're teabagging somebody, and they crack up laughing, and they like, and then they get it, they or get like. It shoot a bullet out of your butthole. I heard somebody say that one time when they're talking about doing like a belly hinge, cracked up laughing. And like some people, that type of thing is yeah. sticky enough that they're like, oh, oh, okay, I get it. Like you can't shoot the ground. Like, you know, you got to make sure you shoot straight out behind you. Yeah. And they laugh their asses off. And you're like, whatever gets across. Some people might find John offensive. Maybe they won't go to another one of his sessions, right? And, and I, I love what you're saying too. You're like, it doesn't matter. Like if you don't go to Dan... And you go to Aram or if you don't go to Aram and you go to some dude named Skip, like I don't – it doesn't matter, man. Like truthfully, I think most coaches just want people to succeed yeah. and they want you to find something that works for you. And it's like if you don't think I'm a good match for you, please like don't feel obligated to come to my sessions. Like go to somebody that you jive with because at the end of the day, right, you've got to spend – say you're with somebody three three sessions a week, like I don't see my brother three hours a week. 
you better want to be in the room with that person. Yep. Dude, I love that you said that because the analogy (laughs) that I always make for like in-person one-on-one is like, there are very few people in your life who you ever have one-on-one conversations with, like just uninterrupted. And like, you know, people talk about gossiping with the barber or your hairdresser or whatever. Like you don't see your hairdresser multiple times a week for an hour nope. without other people around, but yep. you see your trainer. So you better get along and, and and find a way to connect with that person and find a way to support them because you're not just there, drill sergeant, you know, do this exercise, goblet squat, 10 reps, this is the tempo, blah, blah, blah. Like that's not what you're there for. You're yep. there to support them and you got to coach them and know how to do all that stuff. But you got to be there to, you know, deal with them as a human being first. It's the same thing, man. Like I ask people, I'm like, do you know what, you know, where the term coach comes from? And most people are like, no, I have no idea. And like, well, it comes from the idea of a stage coach, right? And that the, uh, the purpose of a stage coach is to carry somebody from one destination to another, right? That is what a coach is for. It is my job to help take you from where you are and help get you to where you want to go. And nowhere in that description does it say it is my job to make your squat look perfect. Is it my job to make you jacked? Is it my job to get you a six pack? If that's what you want, that's my job, right? Whatever it is that you're trying to figure out that you really think like, this is what I want to achieve. It's my job to help you figure out what that is and then help you provide the skills, the, you know, collect the assets and skills to build habits that are going to get you there. And same for you guys, right? Like you could choose any online coach in the world. Like they could just, you could just go online and find workouts and do them on your own. You could, right? I think you posted recently. You're like, most of my shit, or you said somewhere it was like, I was looking at something. It's like a lot of shit. I dude, I give away free workouts all the time. I give away free nutrition advice. I give away whatever I possibly can. Like, sure. So now what it is, is I'm helping you utilize that stuff. Exactly. Right? Like I'm helping is- you apply. There's never been, there's not a lack of knowledge or, or availability of, of information resources has not been, uh, it, it doesn't exist anymore. No. People say, you know, oh, ChatGPT is going to, going to take over coaching and gonna take over never. all these things. Like, no, it's not like there's been free workouts, <laughs> no, like there's no, been not. free, there's been free workouts available online since I had dial up internet and I was like first getting into the gym and you know, there's forums Dude, and bodybuilding.com. Exactly. Like that, they, like, have always existed. And it's like, well, people are obviously still need a coach because it's not about the lack of, it's not about, oh, you need this like certain exercises. Like it, that's not what it's about. It's about it's coaching and how to actually implement this in your life. Yeah. Yep. And that's kind of like, I I've started stepping a little bit more into the online realm and I've got a, I got some good things coming out here. I'm pretty excited about. Um, nice. but that's, that's basically kind of like the crux of it, man, is I have a lot of friends even around here and, and some people I've been lucky to, to do some traveling and living some other places. And a lot of it is like, I, I was listening to, um, Tim Ferriss the one day and in one of his, one of his interviews, the guy was basically saying that the amount of information that was logged and produced from the beginning of mankind till like the year 2000 is now that amount of information is produced every single day, yeah. every yeah. single day. I believe it. So there, there is just there is a, an unlimited amount of resources, and the question is, how resourceful are you? Mm. There's a difference between resources and resourcefulness. You have all the resources. I always think of this comic, and I, I wish I could draw, but it's like one of those things where I have this like thought in my head of like this comic, and it's like somebody sitting at the table, just kind of like their head in their hands and a little bubble, saying, "I just." I really wish I could figure out, like, I, I wish I had the tools to succeed. And in the trash can is a thing that says tools for success, yeah. <laughs> right? And they're like little reading about the magic pill. Like, that's what people want. Like, they're, they're reading for the advertisement for the magic pill when they've got the tools for success sitting there collecting dust. 
Right. You know, so hire a coach, man, hire a coach. If you don't know what's going on, you want to make more money, hire a coach. You want to get stronger, fitter, hire a coach. You want to learn to speak Spanish, hire a coach. Like yeah. it is, it's, it's there, right? But you, there's so much shit. Do I do keto? Do I do this? Do I do that? Do I do that? What's right for you? I don't know, man. Like, let's talk about it. If yeah, you want to talk, we, could, we, talk could, we could, we could probably figure it out. Exactly. Just in the interest of not leaving people hanging and I've, and I'm, honestly going to pat myself on the back for keeping this thought in my head oh, for the yeah. for the entirety of this. What's the E of thrive? Oh, I mentioned it, but empowerment. Okay. Empowerment, right? So it's trained well, like we, your we mother. We went over it anyways then. <laughs> yeah. So it's trained like your mother. Hello, goodbye, right? Real, recognize, real. Instruct, inspire, inform. Victory dance, right? Celebrating the victories and empower right? Empower your clients, make sure that you're focusing on their superpower, not their kryptonite. And that is like those types of things are the thought process, even for the client, train with love, treat yourself with love, right? Be willing to step into somebody and meet new people, say hello, say goodbye. You know what I mean? Inspiring people around you, inspiring your family, sharing in your victory dances, right? And then understanding that like you are empowering the people around you by being here. You're empowering your coach by fucking showing up and allowing them to help you, right? Um, and it just like, I don't know, man, I, I, I love this shit. Obviously I think I know you do too, man. And it's, it's fun to talk about. Um, but it's even better just like seeing people really live it yeah. and seeing young coaches kind of adapt that, that kind of philosophy and applying it to their coaching strategies and like really, really digging in, um, just really makes me fucking happy, man. Uh, 100% agreed, man. I think two things. One, that's how you know that the Thrive acronym is legit because we covered the end of it without even explicitly mentioning it. Sure. <laughs> but but two, with the empowerment thing is like, I'm sure this comes up a lot in, in your gym because it's like very community-based, obviously in person and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there are t- tons of members and I've got you know friends and clients and same thing who are like, hey, you know, my uncle, my cousin, my buddy is like really overweight, not healthy and whatever. And I'm like trying to get them involved. I'm trying to like help them, but they're just like not responsive. Mm-hmm. And I think the best way to go about that, it's very different to motivate someone who is a, a family member or a close friend or whatever is like- Damn straight. Lead by example. Mm-hmm. I think that's the that's really the only way. You can't just sit there telling them because again, they have all the information available to them. Someone who's yep. 400 pounds, they know that that's not healthy. Yeah. Yeah. They know that they're overweight. They don't need someone to be like, Hey man, like you should probably think about losing weight. Like, they, they've thought <laughs> like, about I it. I think about it every fucking day. Exactly. Yeah. They, they've <laughs> thought about it. So it's like, well, just giving them more information and peppering them with stuff is not really going to help them, but no. doing the things yourself, leading by example, setting a good example. And then when they're ready, they'll be like, Hey, can I come to the gym with you maybe today? Can you show me like that recipe? Yeah. Can you, you know, whatever. But I, I think it. that that's just like an important piece of that empowerment is that the whole fitness thing, it, it propagates really well. You know, you train five people to get them healthy and then they, you know, each kind of become a, a coach of some sort to mm-hmm. the people in their life. And then it spreads that way. And that's a really, I think the best way to, you know, spread the fitness. So to 100%. Speak. And honestly, man, that is one of the reasons um, I did a bunch of jobs before this. Like I was, you know, I tried some different things out. I was like, I'm going to go out there and make money. I moved to Los Angeles first for a while um, and tried to had some fun out there in my twenties. But like towards at the end of the day, like I, you know that you can't convince people to do things. Right. Mm. And I always ask people when they say, Oh, this and such and such won't, they just won't listen to me. I said, let me ask you a question. How hard is it to get yourself to do something that you don't want to do? <laughs> That's right. That's a good one. 
how hard is it to get yourself to do something you don't want to do? Okay, well, now imagine trying to get somebody else to do something that they don't want to do. Like, they're not listening to you. They're not listening to you. So, like you said, you got to lead by example. And for me, I thought to myself, okay, my family had some health issues going on. And I'm like, all right, if I just dive full in and take care of myself because my body's beat up and I'm not feeling good, I'm hoping my family will follow suit. My mom sent me a message today that she hit 13,000 steps before 10 o'clock this morning. 10 o'clock this morning. Right? She's 72 years old, like I said. Like, that's the type of stuff that I was like, even if it's my mom and my sister, right? Like, and they're looking at me and they're sending me messages proud to, you know, do what they're doing. I'm like, that's a win for me, man. Like, that's a huge, huge win. And same thing. If you're do, if you're somebody who is a mom or you're a friend and you have somebody who's saying, I really want to do this, you didn't hit the nail on the head, I think, brother, as you're like, just keep doing what you're doing and let them know anytime. Hey, you're welcome to join me. Don't hammer them with it, but just let them know. Hey, Anytime you're ready, I got a free week for you. No, no strings attached. Come on in, free session, free week, whatever it is. If you don't like it, no harm, no foul. You come in, you do two weeks, week or two. If you don't like it, go home. But you might really, really enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. And, well and then, and then the experience is it from there. You just make that comfortable environment. You build relationships with people, and hopefully, you can change a life or two somewhere along the way. And it's like, you know, that's the hope. That's, that's the hope. That's just, the goal. And then just. Rinse and repeat that for the rest of your life. Rinse and repeat, man. <laughs> Rinse and repeat. So. I appreciate it, man. This is this has been an awesome conversation. I, I think this is going to help a lot of people, both coaches and and you know clients and just you know quote unquote regular regular people as well. To just take little bits and pieces from this conversation and and internalize it, and to also you know tell their friends and help their people that are in their circle as well. Yeah, thanks, man. Absolutely. Um, it's been a blast, dude. I, I love talking to you guys. Um, I'm sure you and I will, will continue to chat it up uh, on social Absolutely, media and whatnot. Man. And let me know if you're hitting up any of these conferences in the near future. Yeah, I will. I will for sure. Um, Nick, let people know where they can find you on, online so, and whatnot. I know you got some stuff um, coming up and whatever, but yeah, let them know. I do. So my Instagram is at Coach Nick, N-I-C-K, Av, A-V, for my last name, Averona. All right, Coach Nick Av. And then um, Not Perfect Fitness is coming up. All right. So be on the lookout for that stuff. Uh, kind of ties in a lot of the stuff that we talked about today, man. Progress over perfection right? and, uh, and getting it done any way you can. So uh, Can't wait to see it. look forward to it, man. Thank you very, very much, my brother. It was a pleasure speaking to you and I hope everybody enjoyed the conversation. Thanks, man. I appreciate you. Coach Nick Av on Instagram and take a look out for everything that he's got coming up. I'll put all the, in the links in the show notes as well. Um, Nick, is there any last message that you want to leave everyone here with in closing? Shit, man. 1% better a day. 1% better. You take, you know, six, 65 days off, 1% better, 300 days, man. That's 300% progress in one year. All right. Beautiful. Share oh, your yeah, victories. Man. All right. Share your victories and celebrate them. Appreciate y'all. Love it. Appreciate you guys. Thank you everybody for listening. I appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, make sure you share this episode with a friend, family member, whoever is in your circle who you think will get some help from this. And, you know, like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff helps the show grow. It helps, uh, helps, helps help more people <laughs> at Daniel Yoris on Instagram as well. That's it. Go outside, be a good person. We'll chat soon.